Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertson and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Choose VA. Veterans get the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. And by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, your hosts, Shannon Gross and Brad Sham. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Yay. welcome to Victory Tuesday. Victory Tuesday. Woo! On the Cowboys Hour tonight. From the Legends Lounge at the Star. This is this is uh, cozy. I like it. I do too. Don't you like it? It's nice. It's it, it's it's you know intimate. <laughs> Very intimate. It's intimate and scenic. Look at the views. And we can look right out at the that guard who is guarding those practice fields. That security <laughs> guard. By golly, nothing. No gopher is going to get by him. And there's a band coming out to practice. We've got a lot going on. And uh, so we're in a smaller room for those of you who are listening on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Thank you very much. Or watching us in these little black... Well, you're not watching us in these little black boxes, but we're, we're watching you. And you, sir, we'd appreciate if you didn't do that anymore, all right, during the, at least the next hour. Uh, on the Dallas Cowboys uh, intrawebs on DallasCowboys.com, whenever you watch it. Thank you for joining us. Normally, we are A, on Monday night... Everybody was a little busy last night. Mm. B, we're normally this year, if there's any such thing as normal, in the south concourse of the Ford Center, which is where we'll be back next Monday night. Something else was going on there tonight. I think it had to do with that band that was marching through. But uh, anyway, someone else had dibs and uh, on the Tuesday night. So here we are in the Legends Lounge. And... Um, yeah, I feel like we're open for Sinatra or something. This is pretty good. And delighted to have as our special guest the versatile Cowboys receiver, number one, Cedric Wilson. Thank Let's you very go, much. Let's go, Ced. Toe drag, Ced. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yo, thank you for coming. And um, only the people in the intimate Legends Lounge know until I tell everybody that so that we, each of us, Shannon and I and our guest, each has a couple of little boxes that our director of technical <laughs> wizardry, Ted Nichols-Payne, sets up for us. Uh, one of them it has the microphone plugged into it with a little on-off switch, and the bigger box on the bottom has the headphone piece plugged into it. See how I did that? Mm -hmm. And on that box, there's a dial. It's a volume. Which allows us to control our own volume in our headset. Set and we high. know that now because Cedric and I both had them turned way up. Yeah. And when the music started, Cedric and I went, whoa! And yeah. so now, uh, Shannon, we can't hear a thing you say because of that. But okay. that was our fault. It's not important. No, it, it will be. out of my mouth. No, it certainly will be. So it's Victory Tuesday, everybody. How about that game How last night? How about the Cowboys? How about that? Um, okay, Ced, did you see that coming? Uh, see what coming. 41-21. I mean, you dominated them pretty much. And I will say, you feel free to agree or not, uh, but I thought, especially after Trayvon Diggs ran that interception back in, in the third quarter, they their whole body language said, I think we're done. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we were, everything was clicking last night for sure. And, I mean, we felt it. We felt it back at AT&T. And, um, I mean, I feel like the team – fed off of it 
and everybody made a play when it was their time to. Including you. Yeah, I did. I mean, <laughs> when it came to me, uh, uh, I felt like everything slowed down for a second, but um, we practiced it. So right over here where we're looking over our left shoulder. Right there. We practiced it, and um, when it happened, we celebrated like we do in practice. Uh, now, you made you were involved in a number of plays that I want to talk about individually, and we'll talk a little bit about the, the team aspect of it. But uh, the, the one play that – um, not very many of you could have even come close to making was the one down the sideline that that they ruled you out of bounds. I think you were out of bounds, mm -hmm. actually. But um, it's probably Dak's fault for not bringing the ball back into the field more a little, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, it's always – it's never the quarterback's fault. Okay, probably. good. Okay, good. Never the quarterback's <laughs> good, fault. Good. Uh, now, that's the old quarterback in you talking, yeah, right? never the quarterback's <laughs> fault. I probably should have just saved some more room on the sideline, you know, and it would have been a great catch and a completion. You had two defenders on you, if I recall. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the play yet. Do you yet. remember Shannon? Didn't he have two on him? I don't remember. I, th I think – I know the corner had pretty good coverage. I think a safety came over. Anyway, you're in a crowd. Um, when that ball's in the air, do you think, oh, I got this? Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm looking at the ball and just deciding how I'm going to get it. And when it got there, I mean, I just put my hands on it. Now, none of us in this room, I'm going way out on a limb. If I offend anybody here, I'll apologize in advance. None of us in this room is ever going to know what it's like to run down the sideline in a crowd and think, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this. I just know, have to know what to keep in bounds, and I, I got this. What, does, is there a thought process? Is it active going through your mind about watch your toes, watch your leg, watch, or is it just instinct by this time? Um, it should be probably instinct by this time. Um, I mean, every ball that I see that's in my facility, I'm thinking, obviously, I'm going to catch it. I don't really think people run around and their heads are about to drop it. But, um, no, I feel like it's just preparation. Uh, I mean, everybody's good at what they do, and mine just happened to be running and catching. And um, when Dak threw the ball, I knew it was coming to me, like I can tell when he's looking. And I just put my hands on it and squeeze it and hold on. And how about your feet and your legs and when you're in proximity to the sideline and all that? Are you thinking about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, we practice it, um, too. We practice the sideline, the toe drag um, with the receiver coaches. And, um, I mean, it comes down to preparation. But at the same time, you got to, like I said, you got to save yourself on the sideline. Um, but, yeah, we definitely practice it. All right. Let's talk about the touchdown now. Your first touchdown of the year. Um, I haven't gone back and looked at that play a lot, but several people said, well, it, he was open earlier. I should have just thrown it to him earlier. He just made it more dramatic by waiting until <laughs> until the very end and making you work to come open. Walk us through that play. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say the play call, but I feel like um, I feel like the coverage that they just gave us um, drew him to start with the left side. And once it wasn't there, then it turns into the scramble drill, which we practice also. And um, I'm not really sure. I don't think I would have been open at the start of the play um, just based off what the coverage was. Um, so when he did roll to my side, I knew I was the only one over there. And I just had to figure out a way to get around Slay. Um, Shannon, when just before you came in, uh, Cedric and I were talking. I said, Babe Laufenberg said on the radio broadcast last night, be sure you ask Cedric to talk about when they asked him to block the defensive end, which I guess was on the fourth and one mm -hmm. that if – that was a touchdown that they didn't give him, but that's another movie. Uh, so, uh, you, why are you blocking a defensive end? Who schemed that up? Um, I mean, it's just a play call. I mean, we only have uh, 11 people, so everybody's got to 
contribute, <laughs> and on that play, that's just um, my. I mean, that's just my position's block and tight end. I think the tight end has the other end, and I have to get this one. Um, and, and everybody else is pinching down. Yep. So I mean, it's either I go block the end, or another tight end has to do it. So well, how about another tight end doing it? You're you're a wide receiver. You don't need to be blocking <laughs> defensive ends. I mean, this is all in the scheme. They maybe could have thought a pass was coming <laughs> to slow down okay. a little bit, but. Uh, no, I just block the t- I mean, block the end, do my job, so that could get in. All right. You talk about you're talking about scheme right now. Mm-hmm. Is I feel like a lot of people are talking about Coach Moore, Kellen Moore, about how he's scheming things different. Is he really scheming things different this year, or are people just noticing it? Or y'all do y'all have you know these big new extravagant packages, or is it just that the success on the field is drawing more attention to what you guys are doing this year? Um, I mean, no, I don't – I think he's prepared always the same. Um, he's just – he has all his weapons back, I feel like. I mean, we were a pretty hurt team last year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, a lot of the positions, but probably I think our um, the receivers were the only position that wasn't hurting. Um, so, I feel like he just has all his weapons back and we're running the offense to the best of our ability and just like he's calling it to the best of his. And um, I, I, we were talking before we went on the air about um, – the, the versatility. So many of you can do so many things. And you've stepped in in Michael Gallup's absence, and it doesn't look like there's anything missing. How do you stay ready for that? I know you can talk about next man up, but talking about it and doing it are different things. Uh, I mean, shoot, I go out there and practice. I feel like I've been obviously here for a while, going on year four, and um, everything you do out at practice is going to relate in the game. And when Cooper Gallup or CD, like, can't go, then I have to be the one to go. And that's the role that I played for, I mean, a short amount of time, and then I got my opportunity. But um, just like when Gallup comes back, if he's the one to go in and he plays and he gets tired, then I'm going to be ready to go once again. And um, I feel like that's the group that we've built with, what, CD, Noah, Coop, me and MG. Um, that we all can go at any position, um, at any time. And I feel like that's what makes our receiving core different. You, you mentioned those guys, the receiving core. Mm-hmm. Receivers, Brad, I don't know if you know this, but receivers have been known to be very boisterous and flamboyant. I, I'd read that. <laughs> yes. I'd read that. So, flamboyant, I'd read that. Yes. But this group, man, you're really quiet and soft-spoken, and so is Amari, and so is MG, and so is Noah, and CD. Do you guys talk trash out on the field, or are you, you guys just – are y'all as quiet as you are in public out on the field? Uh, I mean, I feel like we more so joke and talk trash to each other. Yeah. And, like, that's the fun part of it, or we'll play, like, with the DBs out at practice. But, um, no, yeah, and I don't think off the field none of us are just loud um, – like outgoing people, like everybody's pretty chilled, even just chilling at their own house. Because we saw, you know, if you get Coop riled up, mm-hmm. like, you know, we saw on Hard Knocks where, you know, he got after it with, with Trayvon and then he had to apologize because he said it was Dak's <laughs> fault. Like that's as worked up as I've ever seen him get. But, you know, you guys are you guys just handle your business and kind of go on about, about your day, right? Yeah, I mean, we're all pretty metal guys, soft-spoken, but at the end of the day we're still um, competitive athletes and – I mean, when the switch needs to be turned on to, like, get argumentative, we definitely can do it. Cold-blooded. When the uh, juices get flowing in practice, is there a defensive back on this team you particularly enjoy getting into it with verbally? 
Um, I mean, me, I don't really get into it verbally with any guys. I just, I mean, I'll just be like, all right, you got it, and I'll just go get ready for the next play. Um, but just the guys that get riled up at practice are usually the funny guys in the locker room, and they're usually the funny ones and then the mad ones. So <laughs> And the mad ones, all right. <laughs> yeah. But we have things to uncover. I think I know why Cedric is so mellow besides having that personality, and we're going to get into that uh, when we come back. We're delighted to have Cedric Wilson with us. On the Cowboys Hour this evening, uh, we're in the Legends Lounge at the Star and uh, delighted to have all of you with us. Would you like to do the honors, sir? I would love to do the first, uh, the first live read here on the show, Brad. When it, comes to t- when it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And by Lou Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. And we'll be right back with Cedric Wilson on the Cowboys Hour.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. It's Victory Tuesday on the Cowboys Hour. I'm Brad Sham with Shannon Gross and our special guest, Cowboys receiver Cedric Wilson, number one. Did did you have to uh, pay or did you get paid to give up 11 and get back into one? Uh, no, it was a pretty smooth transition. Uh, Michael wanted 11 and I wanted one. So. Yeah, you wanted one. Yeah, I wanted one. Did you wear one. that at Boise? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and But you didn't make him buy it, the mm. 11? No. Oh, man. Why, said? Could have got some cabbage out of there. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't significant to me. It's significant to him. The one's more of my, my thing. One looks good on you, by the way. Yeah, it does. It makes no, you it look does. really thin, though, but it makes you look fast. Well, you know what? Hey, Shannon. <laughs> look he's, fast. He, he's really thin. Is he? Yeah. yeah. No. He, anyway, yeah, uh-huh. he didn't need that. But, <laughs> but you, could have, you could have made something. He wanted 11. Could have got a trip or something out of the deal. You know, dinners for a month or something. Yeah. I'm going to talk to him about it. Hopefully <laughs> okay, take, good. Take All right, good. All right, good. Very good. Um, so... Um, I mentioned as we were going into the break that I, I think I know why, besides having a very calm demeanor, why Cedric is uh, kind of like he is. And, and so I, I want to revisit your travel log because I think it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Team captain at Boise. Um, sixth round pick mm-hmm. here. And then missed basically two years because of injuries. And I'm wondering if as you are like halfway through 2019 and you're missing your second straight year, you've been a pro for two years, you haven't played yet, are you thinking, I, I'm wondering if this is ever going to really happen? Uh, I mean, no. I never really thought to the point where um, this is ever going to happen. More so of like when, is, when am I going to get the chance to do it? Um, and obviously injury was holding me back and um, I had to get stronger. And I feel like, honestly, I had to feel like I had to mature at the position. So I feel like the injuries actually helped me slow down until I was fully ready for the opportunity. And um, once it came, um, all the hard work paid off. So your second year of being injured, they draft Gallup. Right? No, we were drafted the same oh, year. Oh, you drafted the same year. Okay. So he's, he's getting on the field. And then two years ago, here comes CD. Mm-hmm. And did you ever want to say, just excuse me, while y'all are spending <laughs> these draft choices on people, don't don't forget about old Cedric over here. Right. Uh, I mean, no, I know the business at the same time, um, the best ability is availability. And, I mean, I wasn't available, so um, that would be wrong for me to look at them to not go find someone to play when I couldn't. The other, another one of the great avail- uh, abilities besides availability is the ability to change and learn. Mm-hmm. Could you describe the ways you think you have improved as a football player since the day you walked in here as a rookie? Uh, the biggest one, probably strength, um, just being in the weight room and actually wanting to do it because it's a difference between just going in there and knocking out the required things but actually doing it with a purpose and seeing the changes that it was doing for me and then putting in the off the field work that most of us didn't really get to do during college. And um, I mean, especially receiver, I didn't really, I didn't play it my whole life. I started it when I got to college. So I was really actually just new at the position. And I feel like those two years definitely like watching guys come through here like Bees, Hearns, 
um, shoot Cooper, got my Mari Cooper getting here, just watching them guys work. And I'm like, okay, I understand what this position takes. And then just trying to craft it in my own, my own way of what my body can do. And you were quarterback in high school, right? Yes. So what was that conversation like going into college? Did you have – when you were recruited, did they recruit you as a quarterback? Did they want you to switch to receiver? What were those conversations like? Uh, yeah, actually, well, I mean, I went to junior college straight out of um, high school, mm -hmm. uh, signed as a quarterback, and was probably going to be the, the quarterback of the team that year. Mm -hmm. But um, I switched, I think, like two weeks before the season. I was like, ah, I just want to play receiver. Wait, that was your idea? Yeah, I wanted to tell, I wanted to talk to my um coach, um coach Miranda. I wanted to talk to him and I was just like I think I want to play receiver and he was like, "What?" <laughs> he was like this close yeah. to the season and I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Oh, okay. Well, give it a shot." And then I think my first year um at receiver, I was like 2 yards shy of 1000 at JUCO. So, and he was like from there that point on, he was like, "Yeah, you're pretty good at this. Let's let's work for it." And I mean, the rest was history. You, very few High-level competitive athletes are begging out of playing yes. quarterback. Why? What? What made you do that? Um, I mean, kind of just the um, like the overall quarterback and school didn't really it wasn't really meshing. Like let's do all this schoolwork and play quarterback. A quarterback is a full-time job. And then also, um, I wanted to play baseball at junior college. And throwing the football and throwing the baseball was it was getting tough on the shoulder. Were you a pitcher? Uh, I played short and then closed pitch, yes. So, um, were you as good a baseball player as a football player? Uh, I think so, yes. Um, the only thing that really held me back from baseball is I didn't know I needed contacts to, like, my sophomore year of high school. Wow. <laughs> wow. But, so. but, then you, but you were still playing baseball yes. when, you, when you got contacts. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, did anyone ever mention to you that baseball players last a lot longer than football players and almost never get hit? Uh, yeah, I heard it from my dad probably every day. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? What, was the, what were those uh, conversations? I mean, he was just like – I mean, he never really told me that he wanted me to play baseball, but I could tell because, I mean, he battled through injuries when he played, and he was just like, I mean, you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck and play longer if you choose to swing swing the bat. And I was just like, uh, okay. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I want to do what you're doing. Could, could you hit a curve? Uh, I mean, I could get it in play where I would be fast enough to get to first. How's the how's the old arm? You still uh, can you still wing it? Yeah, I think uh, I think I can still wing it. I think I got uh, on a little. We were doing a little fun day in there as a team, and I think I got like an 84 on the speedometer or something like that. Nice. Really? Without throwing it in a couple of years, I still got a little in there. Well, I was not not exactly not throwing it because I believe you were one for two passing the ball last year. Is that right? Um, Wasn't it last year you threw the ball to Dak for yeah, a touchdown? I threw it, uh, no, I, th I threw it to Dak, and then I threw one to TP. So I think I was two for two. Oh, two for two. Yeah. Two yeah. for two. <laughs> so you can still throw a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still Both touchdowns? Uh, no, I don't think. No, Tony's wasn't. The only Dak's was. Okay. Oh, that's what made me think yeah, of yeah. that. That's what mm -hmm. made me think of that. Um, so do you ever – are you still a baseball fan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like to go to the baseball games. You don't um, watch them? You watch the TV. playoffs or World Series or anything? Uh, play, I mean, every sport I watch during the playoffs because that's, that's the best time to watch sports. So that's usually when I catch it because uh, I don't know how many games they play. Like 162. 100 yeah. 162. I don't, I don't think I could watch 162. Yeah, I, I broadcast that for three years. That's, uh -huh. a, that's a long year. That's <laughs> a serious commitment right there. Who did uh, you, you grow up a fan of, baseball team? Uh, I mean – Overall, a Yankees fan, but based off of where I lived, I mean, I was an Oakland A's fan once. Um, then I was a Pirates fan. So, um, 
and then overall just the Yankees. But obviously, location wise, that was my team. And how about football? Um, I was always the biggest fan of the Minnesota, the purple uniforms, and then Randy Moss. Oh so yeah. That was my favorite team growing up. So I want to go back to when you switch in junior college from quarterback to receiver. Mm-hmm. And at that point, are you thinking that you're going to play in the NFL someday? Um, I mean, yeah, that was – I mean, at that moment, that was the decision I had to make when my first year ended. Like, okay, are you going to stick with football or baseball because now it's really time to choose. And, um, I mean – I had a lot of advice from my coach at the time. That's pretty much who was helping me. And he was like, "Do you?" a lot of people don't do what you just did their first year of playing this position. So at that moment on, I mean, that's the dream I was chasing, yes. And um, now I want to talk about punt returning. Because hmm. there isn't anything in baseball <laughs> like, <laughs> like standing and looking up into the sky for a ball to drop out while people run at you. What What – was the genesis of your deciding to do that? Um, I mean, more so uh, opportunity was not really me. Like, um, oh, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do it. Like, coach was like, do you do punt return? And I was just like, yeah, I do it. I had never done it. <laughs> <laughs> had you ever but, caught a punt at that point? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I caught like two at Juco, um, <laughs> like two or three at Boise. Um, but, um, I mean, I try I, – I, I try to do it whenever it's asked of me. It's fun. It's another opportunity for a touch. And I think it does relate kind of to baseball, especially when the sun's out there. Looking for a football is a lot easier looking for a baseball. Well, fair, <laughs> right? That's, that's fair enough. So John Fossil told us reporters something interesting today, uh, and that because he was asked, how do you decide when uh, Cedric is going to return to punt and when CD is going to return to punt? And he said, well, uh, most of the time they decide. Mm-hmm. that he leaves it up to you guys. So how does that work? Who takes the lead? How do you decide who's going to return a given punt? Uh, I think a lot of things go into it. Obviously, like the flow of the game, like if CD's in a lot and tired, then that's a no-brainer. All right, you just go get it. But if we're both fresh and it's really who wants, like who really wants to go out there and do it or who just – because, I mean, flow of the game – you're like, I feel like I want to be in the game. I'm like, oh, let me get it. And if he feels like he needs to be a part of the game, he'll be like, oh, let me get it. So it's pretty. It's not really – we're not really fighting for it out there. It's usually you want it, sure, or I'll take it. But there have to be – what I just heard was there are times when mm-hmm. you would both like to go out and do it. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we both always want the ball in our hand. I feel like that's the – Rock, yeah, paper, scissors. We should use rock doing, paper, scissors. Shannon's doing <laughs> rock, paper, scissors over here. But who – I mean, which of you, if you both want it mm-hmm. – who who gets to decide? Uh, I mean, usually one of us. I mean, whoever says it first, like, oh, you got it. It doesn't. I mean, it's no, it's no big debate about it. Um, but we usually know who's going to do it way before the down even comes up. Like before the defense goes out there, it's like, you got it this series. Sure, yeah, I got it. Or no, nah, you t- you can take it. You have siblings. Yes, a lot of them. Did it go like that when you were trying to decide things growing up? Um, you want this? Yeah, sure. No, you can have it. No, it's okay. That's fine. I mean, I'm the older sibling, so it was usually asking me, like, oh, can I have this? And I was always <laughs> having to say sure. Yeah, there so we I go. I didn't have to hear it. Nope. But, um, nah, it's, it's definitely much harder with siblings than just friends. Okay. Uh, more on uh, choosing who returns the punts <laughs> and other goodies with our special guest, Cedric Wilson, on the Cowboys Hour this evening. 
Papa John's, better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's, the official pizza of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. Like Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. And welcome back to the Legends Lounge at the Star in Frisco. And we have the legend that is Cedric Wilson with us this evening on Cowboys Hour. And uh, even though we moved from the South Concourse of the Ford Center, the microphone for the audience moved with us. So in the next segment... If any of you have questions for Cedric, that microphone will be out there and, and ready to go. And remember, we are on a tape delay, so uh, we're, we're just fully protected at all times. <laughs> <laughs> fully protected at all, at all times. So, Ced, that game last night, 
It's Victory Tuesday, by the way. The Cowboys beat the Eagles last night. I don't know if any of you heard. I don't know uh, if they just beat them, Brad. I think they 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 beat them up. They yes, they beat them up. Um, and that's why I asked you at the beginning, did you see that coming? Because that was pretty convincing. But the whole thing didn't feel like just another regular season game. Maybe it was because you had the first two on the road and now you're home. Maybe it was the first time the place has been full since two years ago, although there were fans. I don't know what the exact reason was. Um, and I have a sneaking suspicion that it might have something to do with what it feels like you're building as a team. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested in your thoughts about all of that. Um, I think especially after the, the Tampa week and we're coming off that and, uh, like, how we lost, I feel like the team just looked at one another and was like, okay, I mean, if this is a defending Super Bowl team and how we just played them, um, why not us? Why not? Why can't we go out there and put our best foot forward every week? And, I mean, Coach preaches momentum every week. Um, he said we're going to go out to L.A. It's going to be their home opener. They're going to have all the energy. They're coming off a win. And it's up to us to take that momentum. And we came out of that dogfight because that was a great team and that was a great win to transition to this week as a conference game on Monday night at our home. I mean, it wasn't a better scenery to do it. And I feel like – Everything was hitting on all cylinders. Uh, obviously, there was ups and downs in the games. Well, what's going to happen? But I feel like that was not the best that we could play, but that was the best we've played so far. Did, did it, does it feel like there's something brewing? Um, or I is mean, it just too early to say that? Yeah, I mean, it's too early to say that. And, I mean, we just got to go one week at a time. We know what we're going for. But at the same time, I mean, what, we have 17 – stepping stones before we even get to the dance no i'm not putting you in there yet i'm not <laughs> right. I, I don't want i mean I, i'm a huge believer in the journey enjoy mm -hmm. the journey right the the energy just being around the team you know being on the field on game day the warm-up the the locker room the vibe you know even on the road feels different this year there's a lot of young you got some dogs on defense now you got a lot of young guys that don't that don't know they're you know they don't know what's what they don't know, right? right? It just, to me, it feels, the energy feels different. Is there a different feel with the energy this year as opposed to, to previous years? Um, I mean, yes, because I feel like it was built out in April when we everybody was coming together and all the draft picks that just got drafted and everybody was coming in. Because I think this is probably the biggest percentage of our team being new this year. Mm -hmm. So everybody had to bond and get to know each other and – once we did that over the breaks of people coming from other teams that we played against, it was like, oh, I remember this game, talking trash in the locker room about the previous games. I felt that that built like our built our team to go out there and fight for one another because we, I mean, we fight every day against each other. And I feel like that was the biggest difference. The, uh, like he said, this is a young team. I feel like we're young from top to bottom. In the previous years, it was we had a lot of vets that were teaching the way of the Cowboy way and that – obviously rubbed off on the older guys now, but and everybody's just meshing together and going in one direction. Interesting to me to hear you say that, that after the Tampa game, you kind of looked at each other and said, oh, wait, we can do this. Because mm -hmm. I think that's what a lot of fans think. Mm -hmm. you, they see the game and they say, oh, wait, they, they can play with them. And um, sometimes it's surprising to me to find out that you guys are thinking the same thing, yeah. having the same reaction when you come off the field with that team. Um, yes. I mean, it's because 
like last year we were getting in games that we thought like oh we could we could definitely get this done but um we were just shorthanded or getting like all the injuries like I said with the team that we knew we had last year where I feel like was pretty much the same team I mean I feel like defense obviously changed but offensive wise we had the same team that we felt like we could have did it last year so it all worked together that we had a whole nother off season to work together and then come out here and do it this year so two things about coming off this game are interesting to me I'd like to hear your thoughts one is um, I think I might have mentioned this to you. Coach McCarthy was asked about um, how you teach a team to handle success because it is uh, – you guys on your side of the ball, as you said, you most of you have been together for a good period of time. The, the other side of the ball, they're still gelling. And a bunch of them, as you pointed out, are rookies and they've never done this at this level. Uh, what is there to learn about – how even this league is and how to stay on an even keel no matter how difficult the loss or how exhilarating the win. Well, how, well, how do you gauge the importance of that? It's very important, obviously, to stay neutral. Um, we have the, but like the mental health meeting every day, just stay ne neutral in every aspect of life in general. You have that every day, a mental health meeting? No, every week, once a every week. Every week? Yeah, once a week. Okay, so very cool. I feel like... If you can be neutral in your day-to-day -day life, football will come naturally because we've all been doing it for so long. And I feel like most of the people in the NFL obviously were stars at their college, so you had at least some regulation of being in the spotlight on a smaller scale. But I, it, we all help each other. I feel like as a team, especially with the receivers, we don't really do much. Uh, we're a calm group of guys. You leave work, you probably most of us are going home, and then you come back to work and laughing with each other. And I don't feel like there's not really much outside noise that gets to us. And I feel like that's every other position, too, as well. Shannon, you're right. That's, this is unlike any other group of it, receivers that anybody's ever seen. I don't, I, I, I don't believe that these guys exist like that. But, but it's and, true. But, and here's a bunch of them all under one roof. Right. It's astounding. Uh, unbelievable. All right, here's the other thing I want to ask you. Um, you have a noon game Sunday against a team, by the way, that currently leads the league in every defensive category. They're averaging giving up 10 points a game. So whether it was Texas Stadium or AT&T Stadium, the greatest – how can I be diplomatic about saying this? The greatest energy that comes from the fans is rarely seen at noon games. Very diplomatic. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. that was a good way. Do you do you uh, even anticipate that? What do you what do you think that'll be like coming off Monday night? I mean, you've had two out of three prime time games, and now you're going to have a noon game, and you know, and most most people still are trying to decide between a Bloody Mary and a mimosa, you know, <laughs> at the, around here. I think. I can't really remember a time that I've been to AT&T Stadium, obviously through COVID, the situation season yeah, last year. Right. But other than that, I don't think I've been there, and it's been dull. Um, obviously, that's hard. I mean, it's easy for me to say. I went may to it Boise never State. Happen. Yeah, may so, it never happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to Boise State, and I feel like to the preseason crowds at AT&T are bigger than what I've played in front of. So <laughs> I don't really think it's a big drop-off because whether there's one person in there or 100,000, our fans yell every time we do something good and whenever, every time we need them to yell. Very optimistic. Yes. Very, I, I, you know, your lips to God's ears. What have you got? Have you got anything on your sheet there? Yeah, you Some know fancy what? Stuff Let's do this. 
I enjoyed this last week. I thanks did for, too. Thanks for turning this over to me for just a second. And no, I want you to take all the time you want. Entertain here. myself for a minute. Said, <laughs> I want to do something that we did last week with with uh, Basham, okay. and it's this is what Wikipedia says. <laughs> And you tell me whether this is true or not. I'll run through a few facts, okay. and then you let me know if Wikipedia is right. Because we know that everything that's on the Internet is true these days, right? Mm, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Wikipedia says that you attended White Station High School in Memphis, Tennessee. Fact. Okay. Uh, you played quarterback for the football team. Is that at, true? In, at high school? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And as a senior, you were named the starter, registering 731 yards passing, seven passing touchdowns, 268 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and five interceptions. In my senior year? That's what it says. I don't feel like those stats are right. Okay, that's wrong. (laughs) All right, college. You attended Coffeeville Community College. In Kansas. In Kansas. Kansas? Wait, how'd you get to Coffeeville? Um, It was, I mean, actually a pretty crazy story. Um, Leaving high school, I mean, um, obviously I was a big – recruit from in the city and I didn't make a test score with the ACT and didn't even really know about the SAT I think should have gave that a shot but didn't really get um, to pass the test and all the way to get qualified for college and I think I was out with my friends like playing like seven on seven pickup or something and I got a call from the coach at Coffeeville and he was like you want to come out to Coffeeville to play football and I was like I mean I ain't got no other choice so yeah I'll come out there were you recruited by Memphis and or Tennessee uh, I was not no What's wrong with those people? Hey, that's 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 their scheme. Big okay. miss. All right. <laughs> Big miss. Okay. It says while earning you earned junior college all American honors there? Yes. That's true. Okay. Two thousand sixteen you transferred to Boise State University? Yes. All right. As a junior, you appeared in twelve games and you started five. That yeah. sounds right. Sounds about right. All right. It says hold, hold on. Okay. Had you seen a Boise game on television before you went there? No. What'd you think? <laughs> The first time you saw the blue field? In person. I mean, I've seen it on the NCAA football game, but <laughs> in person, and I was, um, when I was when I'm in person, I was like, I'm really on the blue turf. I was like, this, is, this looks pretty cool. And then the crowd is, it's not, it's not ever packed like at capacity, but they're, they're loud. And I was on the field doing that. And then just being around the guys, like for the recruiting visit and all that, I was like, I think this is where I want to be, even though it's far from home. Interesting. Okay. Com- commence. Not a lot left. I just, uh, there's a lot here, but I'm going <laughs> to give you the cliff notes. It says you threw a 61-yard touchdown pass against Utah State. Yep. That's true. Okay. And then – uh, Look at that little smile. He still <laughs> wants to throw some he more. He does, doesn't he? We know about your, your personal career. Let's skip to your personal life. It says your father, Cedric Wilson Sr., was a wide receiver in the NFL for seven years with the 49ers and the Steelers. Yes. So that's true. That's true. Well, there you go. There's That's what Wikipedia says on Cedric Wilson, Jr. All right. They did okay. They, not perfect, but, no. but, but they did okay. Uh, okay. We're going to move the microphone in just a minute. Questions from our audience and more from us for number one in your program, number one in your heart, Cedric Wilson, when we continue on the Cowboys Hour. And over at our friends at the Omni Frisco Hotel, you can kick off your stay at the official hotel, the Dallas Cowboys, with style. Cool off in the elevated pool, savor upscale comfort food at neighborhood services, and enjoy all the dining and entertainment options the star has to offer. Visit omnihotels.com slash Frisco to learn more and turn the next home game into a weekend getaway. That would be this weekend. 
that would be this weekend. We'll be right back on the Cowboys Hour. Like Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. And welcome back, Brad Sham, Shannon Gross, and our special guest, number one, Cedric Sid. Wilson, tonight Sid. in the Legends Lounge. We'll be back next week on Monday, the South Concourse of the Ford Center. Cedric, do you want to use what the pros use? I definitely want to use what the pros use. All right, great. <laughs> Jack Black is the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit getjackblack.com today. There we go. Outstanding. Threw you a curveball there. We should be supplying. <laughs> we should be supplying should some Jack bags. Black. Well, should, shouldn't we? We should. For, I agree. For our guests. And the hosts. 
That's some good, Why good sure? smelling stuff, Brad. Why sure? Why not? Okay. Uh, we we have uh, people waiting, lined up at the microphone to grill Cedric Wilson within an inch of <laughs> his still go. young life. So let's take it away. All right. My name's Bill Say Cedric. Uh, I'm wondering, like after a game yesterday, the uh, the adrenaline going in me as a fan. I know I was at the game and. After the game, I couldn't sleep all night. Seriously, I've been up all night, have not been asleep yet. Uh, at you as a player, uh, does the adrenaline still keep pumping after the game? Are you, do you have a hard time going to sleep, stuff like that? Uh, Bill, to tell you the truth, uh, the adrenaline is probably gone. The body aches start to come <laughs> after the game. Um, they feel a little better with the wind and usually hurts a little more with a loss. But, uh, yeah, the adrenaline's gone pretty much. Um, because tomorrow, I mean, we're looking forward to the Panthers. Yeah. By the, by the way, uh, the people like the, the trainers, the equipment men, the PR staff, they also didn't sleep all night. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't see Joe Trahan's face when you said, I haven't been to bed all night. And Joe went, yeah, so you know, <laughs> me too. So, yeah. so what? We're just grinding on. Get you uh, some sleep, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Cheer down, Bill. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, my name is Corey. I was at the game also, so that was a great win. I felt like the crowd was awesome. But my question is, um, what do you feel is one of the biggest contributing factors for the high rate of Boise State players being drafted and the produ productivity oh. in the NFL? Like, you know, you, Kellen, Tank, Crawford, um, I think Avery Wilson, um, Williamson from Atlanta. Falcons. Van Der Esch, don't forget Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. See? Right. I feel like for most of the people that won, of course, like the guys like me and DeMarcus, like landed there from JUCO, uh, the way they accept JUCO guys and like pretty much transform us to get ready for the, not like for the profession of football, like the business side of it, they do a great job because coming out of JUCO is a different, totally different mindset than being in a Division One football facility. And I feel like they definitely taught me and obviously Tank how to be professional um, rather we're going to play football or not, you're going to come to Boise to get an education. And like most of the guys that obviously didn't get to make it to the NFL, they pretty much have an easy job in Boise because they know how to talk to someone or they have a work ethic to do it. And then for all the other guys that spent three or four years in the program, I can only imagine what they learned in the time being out there. But just the overall school pretty much gets people ready for everyday life, not just football program. Can you give us a little more uh, detail about the transition from junior mm -hmm. college to Boise? What kind of an eye-opener that was? I, I feel like I tell this story a lot, but it was, it was hard probably the first semester. I mean, coming from Memphis, Tennessee to Coffeyville, there was nothing. But I, mean, I went with my best friend. So made the best out of that, and then to move all the way across the country with I didn't know anyone. I didn't I didn't really I've never been around. I mean I've lived in California before, but I didn't really know how California people acted, Washington people, like everybody on that side of the world. So I had the it was a big culture shock the first semester, and then uh, I'm, I just remember calling my mom every day like. How did I come all the way out here? And you really let me come all the way out here, <laughs> but and what'd um, she say? And she was like you chose this, so you better make the best of your opportunity. And after that, I, I mean, I became more open to talking to people because, I mean, I feel like I've had the same group of friends. I've usually met, like, one friend at each level of football. So I started just opening up, talking to people, um, talking to people in my class, talking to people in the, like, community of Boise. 
So that was one of the things that I feel like I needed to go to Boise to do to open up and actually talk to people and be able to have a conversation and not just talk to my friends or family members. And the transition was hard, but much needed, if I'd have to say. Interesting. Was it was it um, less difficult going from Boise to the NFL here because of the nature of that transition, do you think? Yeah, I'm, um, Boise – from Boise to the league was much easier transition than Coffeyville to Boise because, one, I mean, I was in front of – I went out to a city that I didn't know anyone, had to go to school, go to ball, and succeed. And then when I came here, I only had ball, so I didn't have to stress about school and, and the big city that I didn't know anybody in once again. But obviously there's much more to do in Dallas than there is in Boise. Um, and then open up, talk to people, learn stuff, and just – keep being successful like interesting being. so interesting yes sir go ahead a long walk yeah he gave, <laughs> oh, gave himself a long closer, walk yeah. gave himself a long walk yeah hey Cedric congrats on the win also I was at the game yesterday we got three in a row um <laughs> what's your name man Ansar nice to meet you nice to meet you um quick question last week being a divisional game do you guys have any different uh, approaches you take when preparing, like in the media where you're hearing with Philly getting their custom T-shirts or whatever, is there any difference when you're preparing for a game against a Philadelphia or New York versus Carolina? Um, I mean, to me, no. I didn't even know anything about the T-shirts, or I still don't know what you're talking about with the T-shirts. Um, but obviously we know, like in the profession that we do, we know what division games mean. You win all of those, that's what the objective is. Um, but there, I, mean, I don't feel like there's no any different preparation from our side of it. Um, obviously, the media will make it bigger, a bigger deal for the division games because they are more important. Um, but for us, we're trying to win every game that we go out there and play. Thank you. Shannon, do you find that interesting that uh, clearly nobody on the coaching staff or in the equipment room or anything else made a big deal of it to the player? So the, the uh, Eagles' new head coach – um, Thursday maybe last week mm -hmm. uh, came to his daily media briefing wearing a t-shirt that he had given them all out to all the teams that said beat Dallas mm -hmm. with the logo helmet logos of both teams it's just a little unusual for a uh, for a professional <laughs> head coach to be doing with uh, a bunch of grown men and uh, nobody but so clearly nobody made an issue of it to you guys uh, I mean, no, I didn't know anything about it, but I mean, I'm sure for them, for him, I mean, you do everything you do to get your team prepared for a big game or routed up. So to them, it was probably like one of those things. I'm sure, I mean, like we have like Ubuntu hats that we've came up with for special teams that mean stuff to us. So I'm not sure if he made that to like spark something or if he made that just to get their team routed up. I'm not. Sounds sure. like Sid had some real good media training from our PR staff. <laughs> sounds that way to me, too. Joe Trahan should be proud. Yeah. Sound, sounds Sid did way. good. I know nothing about nothing. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking I've about. I've never heard of this T-shirt of what you speak. <laughs> I know I know nothing, but I bet they won't. I'll bet that coach won't wear a Beat Dallas T-shirt next time. I got, a, again. I got a question for you since nobody's at yes. the mic. What's yes. your favorite part of the game? Winning. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of it, winning. Do you, enjoy, do you enjoy practice? Do you enjoy game day? Do you enjoy the preparation? Do you enjoy pregame? Like, what all, what's, what's your favorite parts of, you know, outside of winning? 
obviously. Um, let's see. Probably, probably when practice pays off, when you realize like, oh, I did that in practice and I just did it in the game. That's probably the biggest relief. Um, that's probably my biggest, that's probably my best part of the game. So. Is learning, executing in practice, and then mm -hmm. seeing or, it pay off in the game? Yeah, seeing something that you did in practice, and it didn't work, so then you try to load something different, and it works. And has there been any kind of magic around the way Kellen's play calling has seemed to er, – almost everything he touches turns into yards <laughs> right now. Do you do you guys just wait, stand there and say, okay, bring us, bring us our next two first downs right now, please? I think Kellen prepares – so um, I'm pretty sure he probably prepared for a 700-yard game and only got, what, 400, 400, 300, 400. So probably to him he wasn't successful. Uh, it looked pretty successful to the rest of us. Thank you for uh, on a short week for being with us on Victory yes. Tuesday. Thank you for contributing to Victory Tuesday with your first touchdown of the year. Cedric yes, Wilson, sir. everybody. Shannon, thank you. Yes, sir. Long, long, short night for everybody. Next week on Monday. Back in the South Concourse of the Ford Center on the Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!